Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. God bless you. We pray that the Lord will bless our time together as we study this interesting letter of Second Corinthians. And I would like you, please, my dear friends and dear brothers and sisters, to open, please, once again, the letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians. This is the second letter, Second Corinthians chapter 1. And I would like to read... Uh, today from verse 1 to verse 11. In our previous meeting, we covered the introduction to the book, and this portion I would like to begin with looking into the first 11 verses of the first chapter of Second Corinthians. And so I'm reading, please follow me. I read once again from verse 1. And so we read, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua HaMashiach, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God." For as the sufferings of Messiah, of Christ, abound in us, so our consolation also abound by Christ, by the Mashiach. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not Brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, inasmuch that we despaired even of life? But we had a sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead." who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver us, 
in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And I will stop here, beloved brothers and sisters, with verse 11 of Second Corinthians chapter 1. We have covered already the introduction to the book, to the letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Of course, this is a second letter that was written to the saints at Corinth. To remind you once again, beloved brothers and sisters, that Paul is writing to the believers who are called saints, Hagios, Mekudashim, in both books, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. These saints, they are positionally set apart for God, they are saved, they are believers, they are forgiven people uh, that are found in the local assembly in the city of Corinth, and they are the ones to whom the Apostle Shaul Paul is writing. If you remember, we have emphasized the fact that this letter is different uh, from the first letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. The difference is simply this. In the first letter that he wrote to the Corinthians, it was a letter that explaining or correcting the Corinthians because of the sad spiritual condition that existed there. And so the whole letter was filled with corrective ministry that was written Corinthian believers because though they are saints positionally, their behavior was far from being godly in their practical day-by-day living as the local assembly. But now that he's writing the second letter, beloved brothers and sisters, which is a few years later, sometime around 55-56 AD, the Apostle Paul is now opening his heart. And he opens his heart before the Corinthians because of the fact that he have learned that they have accepted and understood what he wrote to them earlier in a letter that was not inspired, but a letter that he was writing to them, a strong letter. And now that he's received the information from Titus that they have been accepting what he was saying to them and understood his love for them, then the Apostle Paul writes this personal letter unfolding before the believers at Corinth his sufferings and how much he needed to receive the comfort that comes from God and how much any believer that is suffering need to sense the comfort of God, the paraclesis, the comfort that the Lord is providing, the encouragement, the consolation, the comfort, the nechama uh, that each uh, person need when he or she are suffering here in this world. And so I wanted to point here now to three things that we learned from the first 11 verses that Paul points out in his 
writing in the beginning of this letter. Number one, in verses 1, 2, and 3, he is seeking to remind the Corinthians of the fact that God is to them so much. Just as he, God, and the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and God the Father is so much to himself, to the Apostle Paul, and that God the Father is so much to every believer. Remember what God is to you. Remember what God is to me. Remember what God is to us believers in Yeshua the Messiah. Then in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, Shaul Paul wanted the Corinthians also not only to remember what God is to us, but what God is doing through the believers. God is doing much through the believers that belong to the Lord, but also walk in His way. And not only what He is to me, what He is to you, what He is to every believer in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, but what God wants to do through the believer in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, for the benefit of others. And then in verses 8 to 11, the Apostle Paul emphasized the fact that one must recognize and remember what God does for us. What God is doing for us day by day. Not only that He provided for us salvation through the person and the work of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, when He died for us on the tree and became a substitute for our sins, the just for the unjust, but what God is doing for us day by day as we walk here in this world with Him, beloved brothers and sisters. So you notice that how Paul Begin. We have already mentioned that he wrote in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the assembly of God, which is at Corinth. The assembly, the church, means all the true believers, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, this Roman province, where Corinth was a city within the province, the Roman province of Achaia. Then, after he mentioned this, to the, he's writing to the saints, to the believers in Corinth and in the province of Achaia. But then, in verse 2 and 3, Paul is wishing that the grace, the chesed, the peace, the shalom from God the Father and His Son will be upon the believers at Corinth. And he says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, Elohim Ha'aba, God our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. He is Lord and He is the Christ, the Anointed One. The Christos is the Greek from the Hebrew Mashiach, Messiah. He is the Anointed One. That He is anointed among above all others. He is the Anointed One. And He is the One that God sent to this world to provide salvation by punishing Him on our behalf. And He became the Anointed, the Christ, the Christos, the Mashiach. And now notice how Paul is blessing God, the Father, and mentioning this to the Corinthians in verse 3, Blessed be God, 
even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Now this is very important to remind you that Paul was a a parush, a Pharisee. He was a Jewish man that lived among his people Israel, and he knew the various blessings that the people of Israel oftentimes blessed God with. That was a custom that throughout the history of Israel, that word, blessed be God, is often mentioned in the Hebrew scriptures. Just to remind you, if you, for example, remember in Psalm 103, where we read, the Bless the Lord, O my soul, where Israel was singing, and David, specifically as the sweet psalmist of Israel, was singing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Barchi nafshi et Adonai vekol keravai et shem kotsho. David began Psalm 103 and verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He concluded with the same thing, Psalm 103 verse 22, Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. Barchi nafshi et Adonai. Remember, beloved brothers and sisters, that Paul... It was his custom to use this expression. Oftentimes we use this expression among the Jewish people, Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Elohei Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov. Oftentimes in the blessing of the Jewish people, you oftentimes hear this expression, Blessed be the Lord our God, who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a customary blessing that the Scripture teaches us concerning blessing the Lord. Now, of course, He is the blesser, but it is a response to the Lord out of appreciation for who He is. Now that the Messiah, Yeshua, has come, you notice that Paul is not so much only saying, Blessed be God, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who truly he is, but he's saying, Blessed be God, even Ha'aba, the father of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. That's how Shaul Paul begins this amazing blessing of God as he is writing to the Corinthians. Now again, even blessing God, one wonder, how can we bless God? He is the one who blesses us. How can a sinner who is a forgiven sinner can bless God? But the thought here is simply this, is that he is recognizing the attributes of God, presenting before God all what he is. He is 
the God, and he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua Mashiach. He is the father of mercies, and he is the God of all comfort. You notice what we read here, beloved brothers and sisters, a few things about God. He is the God. He is the father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. He is also the father of mercies. He is also the God of all comfort. Now, this is very important for the Apostle Paul to begin this letter with. Why? Because he's opening his heart before the brethren of the Corinthians, who now have, after Titus came back and Paul heard what Titus had to say to him, you remember what we read in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, verse 12, and furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found no Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence to Macedonia. He wanted so much to hear what was the situation in Corinth. And Titus was the one that was coming back to inform him. In chapter 7 and verse 6 we read, Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. Chapter 7 and verse 6. In other words, when Titus came, he comforted the apostle Paul by saying to him that the Corinthians understood Paul and accepted what he wanted to communicate with them. So Paul is writing this letter now to them, how he was so grateful that God comforted him and how he was comforted by the coming of Titus. And that is something that is very precious. So he is speaking about the God of all comfort. Baruch HaElohim HaAbba Shel HaAdon Yeshua Mashiach Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. What is God to you, my dear friend? When you go through problems in your life, we all must realize that God is the one that is the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. He's the Father of mercies, but He's also the God of all comfort. Now, I want you to notice, beloved brothers and sisters, when Apostle Paul says He's the Father of all comfort, he doesn't mean that God is going to make us comfortable, but the word paraklesis simply means that God is the one that consoles us, that He is comforting us, that He is in the midst of tribulations and trials, He comforteth us and encourages us to continue on in the midst of trials and tribulation here in this world. And this is exactly what the Apostle Shaul Paul 
is uh, mentioning here to the Corinthians when he's writing, when he begins this letter by saying to them, when we are going through trials, we must remember that God is to us a comfort. To Israel, God said during the time of trouble, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquities is pardoned. She has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You see, in Hebrew we read, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, Yomar Eloheichem. Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, Omar Eloheichem. In the second verse of Isaiah 40, Dabru alev Yerushalayim vekiru eleha ki malat sevaa ki nirza avona ki lakha miyad Adonai ki flyim bechol chataotea. In other words, speak, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Speak to a heart. You and I, beloved brothers and sisters who are believers in this present age, in our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, we also need the God, O Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We often hear of the need from the Lord to to have mercy. How often time you find the people of Israel asking for mercy from the Lord. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. And God is the one that for us is a God of all comfort, the God of mercy, the God and the Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who comfort us in all our tribulation. So he began in second. A Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 to remind the Corinthians what the Lord is for him. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. This is so beautiful. You remember what we read in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 again there. Listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. We do read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, in the Mashiach. Again, he blesses God. Baruch HaElohim, he blessing God. Peter have done the very same thing as we read in First Peter chapter 1. In verse 3, Peter himself began by saying in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That was a customary blessing that these early Hebrew believers understood and how they themselves use it as they are writing these letters to the believers in uh, Corinth, in Ephesus, as well as Peter to those to whom he wrote. So 
Paul, he praises God because God is, he is God. Blessed be God. He praises God because he is God. He's only one God. Secondly, he praises God because he is the father of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. You remember we read in John chapter 17, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 23, we do read, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in me, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. See, Paul is blessing God because he is the father of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. But he continues and he praising God because he is also the father of mercy. He is the father of mercies. How wonderful to know that God is also the Father of all mercies. How good it is to know, beloved brothers and sisters, this, that God can provide for us mercies day by day as we uh, live here in this world. God is the God of all mercy. In the book of Lamentation, uh, chapter 3, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, Israel said, Jeremiah lamenting, because his compassion faileth not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is the Lord of mercies. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, beloved brothers and sisters. Paul, as he's experiencing trials and difficulties in our life, opening his heart to the Corinthian, and he says, I'm praising God because who he is. He is God, only one God. I'm praising God because He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. I'm praising God because He is also the one that is the Father of all mercies. And I'm praising God because God is the God of all comfort. He is the Father of mercies, but He is the God of all comfort. How wonderful to know this. And I would like you to notice once again the word comfort. Paul is, does not ask here uh, to have comfort in his life. And the word is not comfortable here. The word here is paraklesis, which simply means lenachem, to comfort, to console in the midst of trial. Wonderful to know this. What God is to Paul. What God is to you, my dear friend, and to me when we are going through trial. We need to be reminded. The Corinthians needed to be reminded that God 
is the Abba, is the father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. He is also the father of all mercies. He is the father of mercies. Rachamim. And he is the God of all comfort. Wonderful to know. But Paul does not stop here as he continues, beloved brothers and sisters, to share his heart in his opening of the letter that he's writing to the Corinthians. He continued to tell them in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, not only what God is to Paul, what God is to the Corinthians, and what God should be to you and I, beloved brothers and sisters, as the one that is the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, but what God can do and does through those that belong to Him who experience a sadness and sorrow and tribulation, and God uses these tribulation to comfort His people and to use them to enable them to comfort others. And so notice in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, let me read them together. Paul continued to say, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Mashiach, of Christ, abound in us, so our comfort or our consolation also aboundeth by Christ, by the Messiah. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And he said in verse 7, And our hope of you is steadfast, showing that as ye are partakers of the, the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Now this is very, very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, as here in these verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul is emphasizing the fact that he is used by the Lord to comfort others as he himself is being comforted by the God of all comfort. Remember this in your life and in my life, beloved brothers and sisters, that in this world we will have tribulation, trials and difficulties. We all, while we don't like them, but they are part and parcel of the experience of the believers here in this world. It was in the history of Israel, in this world, and it will be, and it is in the history of the church saints' life here in this world. Tribulation will come to an end when a Mashiach will come, when Christ will come and will take, first of all, at the rapture, his heavenly company to heaven, his redeemed people of the church age to heaven. Then there will be terrible days here on earth, and at the end of the tribulation, he will come to restore his earthly people, Israel, and then he will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will end tribulation here in this world, and especially trials and tribulation come to an end at the eternal order. 
when sin will be no more. But sin brought trials and difficulties and tribulation here into this world. And so in these four verses of 2 Corinthians 1, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, why does God allow the believers to experience tribulation? It is in order that when they are comforted, then in turn the believer can go and comfort others. And you remember this, beloved brothers and sisters? David, who wrote Psalm 23, said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But notice verse 4, what David said. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comforteth me. The word hemayenachamuni in Hebrew, the same word paraklesis in the Greek, yenachamu or lenachem in the Hebrew, the same word, it's not giving me to live a comfortable life, but it is comforting me in the midst of trials. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God's rod discipline us. God's staff leads the, the sheep, the flock. And in the meanwhile, God allows uh, trials to take place in the life of God's people. But ultimately, God is using these trials in order that the believer will comfort others. So notice what Paul is saying, beloved brothers and sisters. In verse 4, the Apostle Paul is saying... Chapter 1 and verse 4, who, speaking about the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul is opening his heart to the Corinthians. And he's telling them that the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, comforting us in all our tribulation. Why? Again, notice this, very interesting. That we may be able, verse 4b, to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You see, David could comfort others when he was comforted by God. You and I could comfort others as we are comforted by God. Shaul Paul could comfort others as he is comforted by God himself wherewith we are comforted of God. Very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters. How many people today are going through trial and they need, they need so much? What a ministry it is for the believers to be comforting one another and comforting the people in the world here, believers or non-believers who are experiencing trials and difficult time to be able to comfort with the very same comfort that we ourselves are comforted of God. 
What a lesson to learn, beloved brothers and sisters. So in verse 4, God enables us to comfort others as we are being comforted by Him as we go through tribulation. And as we experience suffering, God, as through Christ, through the Messiah, console us, comforting us. We read in verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, you see Paul, Shaul Paul suffered for the name of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And uh, you and I may need to experience these uh, times in our life for the name of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. In every dispensation, those who took side with God had to experience suffering here in this world. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, as the more that we are experiencing trials, the sufferings of Christ, so our consolation also abound by Christ. Notice, you see, it's interesting because in verse 3 we read of the God of all comfort, but in verse 5 we also read that the consolation, the comfort is abounding by now by Christ, by the Messiah himself. All the three persons of the Godhead are really, as we read in Scripture, a paraclesis, a paraclete, those that are coming alongside to console, to aid, to help. Yeshua said this of the Holy Spirit of God, I will send unto you another comforter, another paracletus, of the same kind like I am to you, and here is the Father, is the uh, paraclesis. So we have the three persons of the Godhead who are Consolation, providing for us comfort in the midst of trials. And so it's not only that God the Father comforts us in order to be able to help others, but also God the Son, the Messiah, Yeshua himself, as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so the consolation also abounds by Christ, by the Lord Jesus the Messiah, who is also the one that is comforting his own people. And the application that Paul is making in verse 6 is, in Paul's life, he was used for the benefit of the Corinthians. And that's why he says in verse 6, it's whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual, in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. You notice he's using here this word in verse 6, uh, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation, your comfort, and for your salvation, which is really effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. It is effective in your life. That word effectual is really has to do, it has an effect. It is at work. It is power. It's aiding you. It's helping you. When we suffered and we can be an encouragement for you, you have benefited from the suffering that we experience and the consolation that we have experienced by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. And then in verse 7, Paul's hope 
that the Corinthians will also experience the nechama, the consolation that comes from the Lord. And our hope, verse 7, our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye partakers, ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. In other words, our hope for you is steady, is steadfast, is sure. We know that when you are experiencing suffering, you will also will experience the comfort, the consolation that comes from God the Father and from God the Son. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Verse 7, Our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. You see, sufferings is part and parcel of the experience of the believers in their life. Before Yeshua even died, before the church was born, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, was giving that amazing sermon, Sermon on the Mount in the Galil. And you remember what he says in, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12. He says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You see, he is pointing to the history of the prophets of Israel who suffered so much, who have been persecuted so much, and the early apostles here, according to Matthew chapter 5, they will experience persecution themselves in the first century of the church age. And later on in the whole church history, the history of the assembly, the ecclesia, how much persecution against the believer in the Lord Jesus the Messiah happened in the history of the church age in the last 2,000 years. See, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, our hope, Paul is saying, for you it is your steadfast. Continue on. We know that as you are going to partake of the sufferings that comes upon all believers, you shall also experience the comfort that God provides, that the Messiah, God the Son provides, that the Holy Spirit of God, the, the Paracletos provides. All the persons of the Godhead are there to comfort God's people. How wonderful to know these beloved brothers and sisters. In the book of Romans, in chapter 5, we read, let me read you a few verses in Romans chapter 5, beloved brothers and sisters. We do read in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus the Messiah by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherewith we 
stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And notice there that not only so, but we glory in tribulation, Paul is saying. Also, why? Knowing the tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh us, maketh not ashamed. Uh, why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. We glow in tribulation, he says in Romans 5 and verse 3. Now, humanly speaking, none of us want tribulation. But the reality, beloved brothers and sisters, that this world, in this world, there will be tribulation. And that's why we can be encouraged by the Lord and be comforted by the Lord. Just as the Hebrew writer wrote to his Jewish brethren in Hebrews chapter 12, in verses 1 onward, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that he said before us, looking unto Yeshua, unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, as we look to the Lord, and we get comfort by him, and therefore we are not only to remember what God is to us, that He is to us a God of all comfort, that for us He is a Father of mercies. But not only that, God is going to do through the believer to use the believer to comfort the people of God. It is very interesting that the name of Noah, Noah, Noah in Hebrew, is really comfort. His name is comfort. Why? Because he is the one that was in a time, in a difficult days, uh, when there was such an evil that going on here in this world, we read in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 29, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Noah he will comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands. Amazing. God is a God of all comfort. So in verses 1, 2, and 3, Shaul Paul pointed to the fact that God to him, God to the Corinthian, God to you and I, what he is to us. He is a blessed God the Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. And in verses 4 to 7, Paul pointing out it's not only what God is to us, but what God does through us. What does He do through us? He comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. 
Beloved brothers and sisters, how important it is for us to remember when you go through trials, when we experience difficult time in our life, we are to seek God's comfort in the midst of trials in our life. And as David says in the Psalm 23 concerning the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, speaking about Jehovah, the shepherd of Israel, David's shepherd, he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God's rod, God's staff will comfort his own people. But now in these Next verses, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. This is the third expression or the, the third admonition and the third way in which the Apostle Paul opened his letter to the Corinthians. And in these verses, Paul is pointing to the fact that what God does for him, for us, not only what he is to us, what he does through us, but what he does for us. What he is to Paul, what he did through Paul, and what he does for Paul. What he is to the Corinthians, what he would do through the Corinthians, and what he does for the Corinthians. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, God permit trials to come upon the believers. He allows this. In Romans 8 and verse 22, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, For we know that the whole creation is groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, not only the, the unregenerated world, but notice, but ourselves, we ourselves also, the believers, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. You see, Paul mentioned this to the Romans. In verse 28 of Romans 8, we read, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, if we are to be conformed to the image of His Son, the Mashiach, trials, will be part and parcel of the experience of the people of God. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 31. And so notice in these verses, verses 8 to 11, we must all remember what God does for us, beloved brothers and sisters. So although God permit trials to come into our life, Paul continued to say to the Corinthians in verse 8, God is in control of all the things that are happening in our lives. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, Paul is saying to the Corinthians. 
In verse 8 of chapter 1, notice what he tells them. We were pressed out of measure, above strength, inasmuch that we despaired even of life. Oh, beloved brothers and sisters, the trial that Apostle Paul and those that walked with him and those that served with him experienced, according to what he says here, he says we were pressed out of measure. And not only out of measure, but also above strength. We didn't have strength. Inasmuch that we were even despaired even of life. We wanted kind of to die. Amazing. Beloved brothers and sisters, think about the trials that Apostle Paul have experienced in his life. Amazing. We read in Acts chapter 19 and verse 21, After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Continue on how much suffering he experienced there in Ephesus when they uh, literally uh, wanted even to, uh, to kill him. When he was there in a theater and the mob says, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion and having caught uh, Gaius and Aristarchus, uh, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in trouble, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered into the treat of the people, the disciples suffered him not. You remember the whole assembly was in confusion there, shouting, Great is the Diana of the Ephesians. When you really think about how much persecution the Apostle Paul have experienced Ephesus and elsewhere because of his testimony concerning the person and the work of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. In chapter 15, if you remember of 1 Corinthians, there Paul wrote in verse 30, 31 and 32, he wrote, Why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. If after the men of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus. What advantage it me if the dead rise not. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. You see in First Corinthians he was dealing with the truth of the resurrection. But he was pointing to the fact that he died daily. He suffered for the sake of the gospel. And so God is in control of the trials that the people of God are experiencing and He gives comfort in the midst of trials. So in verse 9 of Second Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is pointing to the fact that God enables us to bear our trials. He wants us to trust Him although we are experiencing difficult trials, as Paul have experienced. 
but we had an, a sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God, which raises the dead. So Paul is pointing to the fact that God have allowed him to come to a point that he will not trust in himself but trust in God, which raises up the dead. So imagine this expression, we had a sentence of death in ourselves. What an amazing statement to say. We counted ourselves as dead. Dead to self, dead to our own will, but alive in the power of, of the Lord, in the power of the Spirit of God, as we share the gospel in this world that reject the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. In chapter 4 and verse 8 we read, Second Corinthians 4 verse 8 we read, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, that the life of Jesus, that the life of Yeshua might be made manifest in our body. Imagine this, beloved brothers and sisters. The Apostle Shaul Paul have experienced many, many trials, and he will share this in Second Corinthians 4, Second Corinthians 6, Second Corinthians 11, here he will open his heart to the Corinthians and share with them his heart of love towards them and the suffering that he experienced for the sake of the gospel and the sake of the believers. He only remind me of Moshe, Moses, who suffered so much on behalf of his people of Israel. In fact, it had been said that in the Word of God we have two towering personalities that are very much presented before us as a type of the Messiah. Moses in relationship to Israel and Shaul Paul in relationship to the assembly. Both of them have exhibited in their lives some characters of the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, in a unique way. Amazing to read the whole canon of the Word of God and to see the lives of these two towering personalities who, who were raised by God for the work that God had entrusted unto them. In verse 10 and 11 we read of Second Corinthians chapter 1, God delivers Paul, God delivers us all, the believers, out of some trials. And some of them he allowed us to go through. Not only in the past, also in the present. And not only in the present, but also in the future. And so you notice what we read in verse 10. After the Apostle Paul said, but we had, in verse 9, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Notice verse 10 now. Who, this is God, 
who delivered us, past tense, from so great a death, and does deliver us, present tense, in whom we trust that he will also yet deliver us. Now notice this, beloved brothers and sisters. Here we have the past, present, and future of the deliverance of God's people by God himself. You see, when the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, died for our sins, he delivered us once and for all from the punishment that we deserve because of our sins. That's the past. And so we read in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son or the son of his love, Ahava, the one, the son, the Mashiach, whom God the Father loved. So, beloved brothers and sisters, God has delivered every believer in Yeshua HaMashiach. He delivered us from so great a death, and that is the death specifically, the death of eternal separation from God because of our sin. And although He did deliver us from the judgment that we deserve, every one of us, including the Apostle Paul, look at the time in history as believers how God is assisting His people and delivering His people from various experiences. He helps, He aiding us, He assisting His people and delivering us, even as believers here in this world. In James 1 and verse 15 we read, Then, He says, When lust is conceived, bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. See, we are sinners who deserve now to die. And God delivers us many times from many, many... Not only He delivers us from the death of eternal separation, but many times from our path in our life as believers that we're heading in the wrong direction. And sin leads us to death. Spiritual lack of enjoyment of the Lord... When as believers we fall into sin and go astray, and how many times the Lord will deliver us from all sort of things in our day-by-day living as believers. But not only that He had delivered us in past day, but He does deliver us. He does deliver us day-by-day, beloved brothers and sisters, in the various trials that we are experiencing here in this world. Amazing when you think of the trial that we can read throughout the history of Israel. The psalmist of Israel oftentimes wrote about their trials. In Psalm 34 and verse 6 we read, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord and it compasses around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So it's not only that the Lord have delivered us from the judgment we deserve in the past, 
and delivered in the past from various directions, sinful and evil direction that we were heading, tempted by Satan and by the world and by the flesh. But also in our present experience, He does deliver us day by day, beloved brothers and sisters, in your personal life and in my personal life and in Paul's personal life, from enemies, from our own way, from our own will, from Satan's uh, shooting his arrows against God's people. God does deliver us daily, day by day. Today as believers, He watches over His own. And he cared for them. This poor man, the psalmist of Israel said, cried to the Lord and he delivered him. So we have the past deliverance. We have the present deliverance. But we also have the future deliverance. In whom we trust, verse 10b, that he will yet deliver us. He will Yet deliver us, beloved brothers and sisters. There is a very interesting verse in First Peter, where the Apostle Peter writes in First Peter chapter one, and there we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse five, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, the Lord will deliver His own people. Here and now, in the coming days, in the coming future day, but what happened, beloved brothers and sisters, the Lord will yet deliver us out of this world of sin, out of this world of sorrows. And as Peter says, that his people are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Now, that is not the eternal salvation, but that is salvation from the present evil world in which we live in unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In other words, he keeps his saved people, his forgiven people who are still walking here in this world, going through trials. He will yet deliver them out of this present evil world. And take his own people to be with him in glory. What an amazing promise we have. And so finally we read in verse 11 of Second Corinthians chapter 1. God is glorified through the trials that Paul have experienced. That the Corinthians experienced. And that you and I and every believer in every generation is experiencing God is ultimately is the one that is glorified as we walk here in this world and experiencing trials and tribulation and yet still continue to honor him. He is honored through the trial. And Paul requests help in prayer when he says, notice that, he said to the Corinthian, you also helping together. You are helping us, Corinthian. By prayer for us. I remember years ago, I was encouraged by one to ask for prayer from God's people to pray for the service of the Lord and the servants of the Lord. How true it is. How important it is the prayers of God's people 
on behalf of others of God's people, of the servants of the Lord, of the family of God's people, of all those who are, who are serving and living for God here in this world, and also for, to pray for salvation of others. And as the Apostle Paul went about to preach the message of the gospel of the grace of God, the prayers of the saints is essential. And Paul was saying, he, he have already asked them, he said, but you also helping, brethren. He says, you're helping together by prayer for us. That for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of the many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, these believers at Corinth were encouraged by Paul to remember that their prayer was valuable for the Apostle Paul. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 30, 31 and 32, we read these words, beloved brothers and sisters. Romans 15 verse 30, we read, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have before Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be be refreshed. You see, Paul requested prayers from the Corinthian believers. And so he says, Beloved brothers and sisters, God is glorified through the trials of the saints. And as the saints, as Paul, as the Corinthians, as you and I, as all believers are experiencing trials, God is glorified as the saints, through the trials, live for God and giving a testimony of the person of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in the first chapter of Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, Paul emphasized three important things as he was writing to the Corinthians. He opening his heart and he's sharing with them and he is really saying to us all, remember what God is to you. He is for the believers. He is the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Then secondly, in verses 4, 5, 6, 7, the Apostle Shaul Paul is reminding us all what God does through the believers, through the Corinthians, through Him, as we experience trials and tribulation. What God does through is God using the believers' experience and trials and He comforting them. Why? He comforted us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. But then thirdly, not to forget what God does for us every day, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 8 
to 11. And here we learn in verses 8 to 11 that God is the one who have delivered us from so great a death. He delivered us from separation from God by providing for our salvation through Yeshua the Messiah. He does deliver us here and now every day, present deliverance that He provides for us as we go through trials and tribulation. And yet in a future day, He, Paul, trusted and He believed, and you and I need to believe that God will yet deliver us from all that which is going on here in this world and bring us to Himself. How wonderful to know that beloved brothers and sisters. May the Lord help us and encourage us as we study together the second letter to the Corinthians, a letter with the Apostle Shaul Paul opening his heart before the Corinthian believers. May God bless you. May God encourage you. May God be for us a joy in the midst of trials. Until the next time, beloved brothers and sisters, we say, Shalom, shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m., at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.